are live on the Coast to Coast Football Podcast. Unfortunately, it's just one coast today. I'll be your solo host today, Scott Kennedy. Nick had his healthy baby boy yesterday, so he is in Seattle with a healthy mama, healthy baby boy. So congratulations to Nick Kendall. He's going to take some time off. Uh, we'll be back later in, in, the, in the month of January, so maybe just next week off, and then he'll be back. So I'm going to hold down the fort here a little bit. We're going to talk some uh, some NFL playoffs, some big games. We will also discuss some, there's always some draft questions, quarterback questions, player movement. I'm open for all the questions. In fact, frankly, I like the questions. It means we're talking about what you want to talk about. That's why we do these live. We do these live every uh, every Friday for this show, for this NFL show. And in the description of this uh, of this video, you can see Nick and my podcast schedule because we're on every day. Uh, on different channels, but on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on these channels, we talk Falcons, we talk NFL, we talk Broncos, we talk a lot of NFL draft now that that is upon us. But we go live because we like having the Q&A, we like having the questions and everything that comes in. So I want to say hello to some folks that have come in nice and early, like John Harrell. Uh, John Harrell on YouTube, he says, good morning, happy Friday, Scott, and the Falcons family, happy Friday, happy new year. I know we've seen you already this this year, but it still feels like First week feels like New Year to me. And he has a question right off the bat. He says, I know it's not related to the topic, but do you think Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis will get drafted? Um, now, his injury was uh, a leg injury. It wasn't a knee. I think he broke his leg. And, you know, looking at his numbers and stuff, just he is a, a thrower. He's not one that's related. Not that he can't make a full recovery, but he's not going to be so reliant on coming back and being a mobile quarterback as he is a really good passing quarterback. Uh, all the pre-draft info I've seen on him so far says, yes, he should still get drafted. If he doesn't, he might be able to get into a really good situation where he can choose where he wants to go rather than being told where he wants to go uh, and compete for a job, should make a full recovery and uh, you know be a late round steal, somebody definitely worth taking a flyer on uh, to keep an eye on there for sure. Um, Jeremy Sean, good to see you coming in on YouTube. He says, morning, Scott, and drop it in to say hi and drop a like. That's a, always a good reminder if you're watching this after the fact. And frankly, we get most of our views on demand. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe so you get notifications when we go live or after we've gone live if you want to catch up uh, afterwards. So appreciate it, Jeremy. Oblivion Empire, he's in here nice and early too. He says, what's good, guys? What is good? What is good? So appreciate y'all coming in and joining me this morning and hanging out. Dom is here too. Says, good morning, Scott. Falcons Nation, Dog Nation, and Broncos Country. So the, the chat's starting to open up a little bit as, as uh, Facebook and YouTube, uh, the, the algorithms start sending out their notifications and, and saying hello to people. Uh, John Brothers, he says, howdy. Finally managed to catch you live. My question, why are the Falcons so freaking fracking inconsistent? So we got a Falcons question in here. Nice and early. And yes, the, the Falcons still are in the playoff race. It's actually really simple for them. If they win, if the Buccaneers lose, Falcons win the South. That's one of the easy ones this week. There's all kinds of chaos. Why are they so inconsistent? Uh, quarterback play is the big reason. Uh, again, John, if, you've, if you haven't been in here live, this is your first time live, but if you've watched, you've heard me say consistently with the Falcons, I almost always say quarterback play and not quarterback because I'm not throwing the Falcons in consistency at the feet of Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke alone. Now, it's their play, which is the combination of play calling, offensive structure, and how they are playing, not how they are as players, if that makes sense. They are not playing very well. That's a team effort. That is a coaching effort. That is an Arthur Smith effort along with the quarterbacks. Not just, okay, this guy's not good enough. Everything else would be fine if we just got a new quarterback. I don't believe that in Atlanta. Everything would be fine if Arthur Smith was replaced. I don't believe that either. I think it's a combination of both. And I think the Falcons, I think there's going to be some changes. I think... You go back to back to back seven and 10 win seasons. I think the head coach is in trouble. I think they are going to be, no matter what, I think the Falcons are going to be aggressive at going in and getting a new offensive coordinator slash play caller uh, and, a, and a quarterback. They're going to be very aggressive in this offseason. Great gal, Rod. He says, great appearance last night, Scott. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I, uh, you can you can check it out on um, 
on my YouTube channel and the Facebook channel. Um, actually, just the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. If you're watching this, uh, I did a guest post with the Saints last night. We simulcast it to my channel. Had a, had a good time. Um, enjoyed talking. That. We went about an hour and 15 minutes talking Saints and Falcons. And we were kind of all just uh, had our heads down in our suds complaining about the teams because the Saints are in a very similar position that the Falcons are. Uh, underachieving, bad re- bad schedule, a schedule you should have done a lot better, and, and neither team is really very happy right now. Albert Molina says, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well. Philip Hogginson checking in. Good morning. Rio, good to see you. He says, good morning, Falcons fans. The Atlanta Falcons will win the division. Book it. I'm not counting on the Carolina Panthers to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's uh, when we start going through some of these uh, playoff scenarios, that's what has to happen for the what, – what do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to do? They need to win. They need to beat – the Carolina Panthers. Well, that doesn't sound all that hard. Um, most everybody has done it. The Falcons didn't manage to. Um, but the Buccaneers at the Panthers, the Panthers are two and fourteen. They're two and five at home. Tampa's only a four and a half point favorite on this. So that's a one o'clock game on Fox NFC South. We'll be having a close eye on it. The Falcons will Saints will be playing at the same time. If the Panthers upset the Buccaneers, the winner of the Falcons-Saints game is going to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure that's how that happens. <laughs> They'd be 9-8. and eight. Yeah, it'd have to be. Um, the Saints would be 9-8, and eight, and the Falcons win. They've got the tiebreakers at 8-9. and nine. So, uh, winner of that game. But that's a, a long stretch. Now, the first game I wanted to get into is the first game this weekend. Steelers and Ravens. Now, let me have just a a small complaint about how this gets set up. Um, y'all know I'm a, 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 a soccer fan. I've poured my fandom. F- uh, football, American football has become a job. I've worked in American football for 20-something years. It's a profession. I've poured my fandom into international football so I can still fan. I don't fan for, I went to Auburn. I grew up in Atlanta. I don't fan for the Falcons. I don't fan for the Auburn Tigers. That's been a profession for a long time. But one of the cool things that soccer does is they play every game on the last day of the season at the same time. There's no funny business going on. And if I look at this game, Steelers and Ravens is an incredibly important game to the weekend. And a lot of the teams will already know the result. Everybody will know the result. Sorry. Everybody's already going to know the result. A lot of the teams, they'll, they'll know their fate, what they have to do. Instead of playing them all at the same time, and you just have mass chaos in a three-and-a-half-hour window. It's pretty cool. Um, but this game, I think for the neutral, I think us neutral fans, we need the Steelers to win this game. Um, the Ravens are doing their part. They've already clinched the number one seed. Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. Tyler Huntley's going to play. Um, but, you know, the Steelers have had quarterback questions of their own through most of the season. Uh, here when I go and doubt Mike Tomlin and uh, that that win streak after I've been a Mike Tomlin stan all these years, I go and, and doubt him all of a sudden. What do they do? You know, after they lost to the Colts, I'm like, okay, this is it. Steelers are done. Stick a fork in them. They go and beat the Bengals and then win at the Seahawks. I, I know better. This one means a lot to the, Buff- to, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. I think they can go in and get it done. Um, the scenarios here. It's pretty easy how the Steelers can clinch a playoff berth. uh, There's a lot. They they have to win, and then something else has to go their way. The Pittsburgh Steelers win and a Buffalo loss, or Pittsburgh win and a Jacksonville loss. Um, And then the unlikely one is a Pittsburgh win, Houston, or an Annapolis tie um, with the Texans and the Colts. So, And they'll be playing in the Saturday night game. Buffalo can lose. Uh, Pittsburgh can win, and then they're going to be watching. They'll be they'll have to stick around till the last game of the night on Sunday to find out their fate. But they need to win. They need to put pressure on the Bills and Dolphins. Jacksonville losing is a little bit more. They they're on the road against against the Titans. That could happen, and then a tie is pretty improbable. But I think as a neutral, I think we want to see the the Pittsburgh Steelers win and put a lot of pressure on that Bills uh, on that Bills game. Um, I was looking at, I was playing with it a little bit. And as I, some of the different things, if the Ravens win and the Dolphins win, you end up with a rematch of the Bills and Dolphins next week. 
that'd be kind of strange, wouldn't it? Um, but those are the scenarios. Pittsburgh wins, they lose or out. Um, that's not true. If Pittsburgh, they can still get in, but they need an awful lot of help. But again, they're going to need to win. Um, so that's what we need to have happen there. I want to say hello to some folks again. Uh, Robot of Doom says, Morning, Scott. Bills or Dolphins, who you got? And who's a better matchup against Kansas City? We'll get to that one. That's the last one. Man, I don't know. Robot of Doom. That one's a, that one's a tough game to pick. But I'll pick one. We'll get to that one. Um, Bryce Gillespie says, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you, Bryce. SW Lines, good to see you. Brad Allen's crew assigned to Steelers Ravens. Yeah, let's hope they're, uh, what game was I watching last week? Um, it was, I forget which game it was. It may have been, uh, the Raiders game. A lot of these NFL officials are just getting jacked. I mean, they're, they're, they, they get paid 200 grand a year and they only have to work one day a week. Uh, they seem to be spending a lot of time in the gym. I'm starting to worry about how many of these guys are throwing a little extra flags. I saw them go, you know, an eligible man downfield, you know, with a big old flex, you know, full start. In their flag. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. You know, they're not up there. But uh, I just I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, these guys are throwing more flags just so they can go throw that uh, ineligible downfield, you know, rent, you know, they can they can Hulk Hogan this thing. Uh, I am I am kidding on this one. Um. These are the guys I came in with yesterday. Check out their, click on their their uh, their profile. This is who I did lift last night. If you uh, are a Saints fan and want to follow, keeping it real to Who Dat Sports Podcast. Enjoyed my show last night with them. He says, I just do not see the Panthers beating the Bucks, which is the only way the Falcons or Saints make the playoffs because I don't see both Seattle and Green Bay losing. I, it's possible. I don't see Seattle at Arizona. That one looks really improbable. Bears at Packers, that one's a little dicier. But yes, I don't see them both losing, which would be really, really hard to do. Um, David Schlosser, good to see you. Says, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well. Nando is here. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, y'all. Um, and SW Line says, my question for Mike Tomlin is, why did it take you so long to go to Mason Rudolph? Mitch Trubisky never should have been the number two. It's a good question. I'm sure he'd answer too. You know, unfortunately... You'd probably get the stock answer. You know, at the time we thought Trubisky would give us the better chance to win, familiarity with the system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh Rudolph has played well. Let's see if he can keep it up. You know, we've seen these guys come in the small sample size, you know, the the Josh Dobbs comes in and catches fire with the Vikings for two weeks, and then he's off the team again. Um, can Mason Rudolph continue down that path and and uh lead another win and, and go into the playoffs, hopefully for Steelers fans with some momentum. Roger Cook checking in from overseas. Good to see you. Says, hey, Scott. Uh, sent Nick, his wife, uh, and his wife. Congrats. Good on you. Good on you. Again, uh, I'm by myself today because Nick had a healthy baby boy yesterday. one So congratulations to Nick Kendall. We missed you. Glad uh, the wife and, and new dad and baby and grandma and grandpa, actually. Uh, Mr. Kendall comes in here every so often. So hope y'all are doing well. Y'all know low. Says if we win, we still will be at number nine in the draft. Yeah, there's not a lot of change. Uh, talking about the Falcons here, I actually hope for symmetry speaking, just to put a bow on this thing for the Atlanta Falcons. Saints beat the Falcons, Jets beat the Patriots, they swap places, and it will be three consecutive seven and ten seasons, three consecutive number eight draft picks for Arthur Smith. You're fired, dude. Sorry. Uh, thanks for what you did. I think the Falcons are in a much better shape, but you have failed this city this year miserably, miserably. And it should cost, it should cost him his job. Um, if, if he is still head coach of this team on Tuesday afternoon, there's going to be, he's Arthur blank's going to have some problems with PR and the Falcons fans. You won't get too much from the press that's in attendance. That's a pretty easy group which is one of the reasons I always got so mad at Arthur Smith popping off at Ledbetter and, and Josh Kendall. You know, these guys are on your side. They're pretty easy. You go to New York, dude, you wouldn't last five minutes as snarky as he is. They tear him to pieces. So I'm almost open seven and 10, number eight, number eight, number eight, just to put a bow on it, just for the the, the symmetry in there would seem nice. Uh, Sean Edwards comes in. Good to see you, Sean. He says, the guy I work with is a Steelers fan and I mess with him all week saying, go ahead and take that L. 
yeah, the um, the Ravens are doing their part to make sure we have chaos uh, with those guys on there, uh, with with them, you know, benching their guys. Now, I looked it up, and I think Lamar Jackson and and uh, John Harbaugh are getting a little tired of of asking about it. Um, but when the Ravens last did this, they were then upset in the first round by the Tennessee Titans. So they clinched the number one seed and they didn't play for 19 days. That's a long time to be off. You see these bowl games when these teams are off for a month and how sloppy things look for the first half, at least. Um, you can't play scrimmages though. You know, you can't have an inner squad because the game's too damn dangerous. In soccer, you'd say you'd have a, pl- a friendly. Let's get a friendly with the team across town and let's play them. Or, you know, let's play um, in baseball. We might have an inter-squad scrimmage. You can't do that in, in football. There's too much contact and too much risk of injury. So it's hard to stay sharp. You know, what makes sense, if I'm um, Alabama Crimson Tide, is, you know, it, why don't we play Alabama State? Let's bring them in and let's let's have a scrimmage somewhere between that month off. But you, you can't do it. Um, but... Um, the Ravens, they have earned their time off. Let's see if it pays off for them. They look pretty damned good. Uh, I think people will question sitting people the last week of the season if they go out in the first round again. I don't expect it to happen. I don't think you do either. Uh, Joe Andrews says, good chance the Panthers win. They are home. Um, good chance to me is probably a little bit of a, a stretch. Uh, but again, you go... You know, if you say good chance, then you need to make some money on this one. I don't think it's a good chance they win. I think they've pretty much packed it in. Um, the coaching staff is toast. I don't know if you saw, but um, a couple of weeks ago, someone posted, you know, fire Thomas Brown. You know, Thomas Brown's interim offensive coordinator, play caller. And his wife came in and said, Dude, we're already fired. We're just running out the ground ball. If you want the job, come take it. But this would be a pretty good chance for you to make some dough if you thought there was a good chance. ESPN Game Predictor has it at 72% for the Buccaneers, and it's a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Take the Panthers in the points and make some money. I'm not doing that, and I wouldn't recommend that one for you either. Uh, Let's move on. The Saturday game, Texans and Colts. For me, this is is about the easiest scenario there is. I think um, this one... I like the Colts in this one. I like the home team in this one. The Colts have the tiebreaker, but the tiebreaker is not going to matter because the Colts won in Houston early in the season. You say, okay, well, C.J. Stroud was early in his career. Yeah, but C.J. Stroud was just on fire at the beginning of the season. He was playing so far over his head, or maybe he's just that good, that over-expectations, I think, would be a better way to put that. I think it was very surprising how early, how good he was. Um, the winner of this one's in. It's it's that simple. I'm going with Shane Steichen at home. They rebounded really, really well after uh, they got lit up. They got bullied in Atlanta when Atlanta decided at home that, hey, we, we actually are a running team and we can run the ball. Uh, they got beat up in the trenches pretty good, but then they turned around and, and beat a Raiders team who's been playing some inspired football under, under Antonio Pierce. For me, the home game on this one makes the difference. So I have them over the Texans. Um, it's tight. Houston's actually favored by a point and a half in this one. And ESPN's matchup predictor says it's basically 50-50. What are, what are y'all's thoughts on this one? Uh, Gardner Minshew has played his way into a nice contract. Um, I'm almost positive he's a free agent after this year. He signed a one-year deal. He will be one of the better free agent quarterbacks out on the market. He's probably played his way into an eight to $10 million one-year deal again, and he could have a place where he could be a starter, or he could say, listen, I'm pretty comfortable here. This is a good situation. I chose the Colts because of Shane Steichen to begin with, and Anthony Richardson hasn't proved he can be he- stay healthy at all. Maybe I'll just re-sign with the Colts. I think that makes sense as well. Um, let me see here. Wanted to go back through here. And again, there's a lot of people that aren't ready to to bury the Panthers just yet. I'm kind of ready to bury the Panthers. Um, Baker Mayfield being banged up a little bit. Red Swarm says, congratulations, Nick and his wife, on the birth of their baby boy. Enjoyed watching you with Dolphin Carlos last night. Thank you, my friend. I had a good time with those guys. Again, that was um, that was the these guys keeping it real with Hoot at Sports Podcast on YouTube. 
So check them out. Uh, we had a, had a good time uh, with them last night. Went for about 80 minutes. So it's on. Uh, it is on my page. The because uh, we simulcast it there. Um, Robot of Doom. Good to see you. He's a Twitch guy, but I don't stream to Twitch. And he has made his way over here to find us on YouTube. He says the Falcons' new head coach equals Eric Fisher. I haven't heard that name associated very often, but you know, you might be on to something. And uh, Roger Cook says, tell me who you want to replace Arthur Smith. Please no Bill Belichick. I I think that's a, that's a stretch for me. For some reason, maybe it's just because I'm getting old and I associate Florida with being old. Maybe Tampa makes more sense for Bill Belichick. But if if they go and win the division and showed improvement over last year, I think Bowles is probably in pretty good shape there. We had that discussion last night about um, Dennis Allen in New Orleans. If Dennis Allen goes from 7-10 and 10 to 9-8 and eight and shows progress, you probably can't move on from him. If Arthur Smith and the, the Saints of our, the, the Panthers have already made their move, they're definitely in, in the in the running for a new coach. But if the Falcons go 7 and 10, 7 and 10, 7 and 10, Arthur Smith should be in trouble. For me, it's Brian Johnson, um, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. I would also keep an eye on Bobby Slowick and what they've done with CJ Stroud in the first year with the, uh, the offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans. Those are two of the guys I'm most interested in. Um, after that, we'll see. But as far as who should be in Atlanta, I would be real interested to see what what Brian Johnson has done with that offense uh, and, and the diversity of weapons. When you go Amon Ross St. Brown, you go Sam Laporta at tight end, having one of the a historic season at tight end. You've got two weapons at running back. Any of this starting to sound familiar? Um, you, you don't have Jared Goff, but you've got a good offensive line. So you've got to go get your quarterback and the Falcons will be very aggressive. I'd be really, really interested to see what Brian Johnson could do as a head coach with the weapons. The Atlanta Falcons have, they'll be in the market and they could go number one at wide receiver again. So they could end up with three, four top 10 picks on that offense in the last four years at wide receiver. If that, if that's what they end up doing. Wealthy wife number seven says, hey, Scott. Hello, WW number seven. Good to see you. Uh, Joe Hander says, what's the weather out that way? Hopefully rainy and cold. It's cold. I'll tell you that in Carolina. Definitely that. Uh, John Brothers says, Minshew to the Falcons. Probably not. But when they were signing, I thought Taylor Heineke was actually a better signing than Gardner Minshew. Of course, across their careers, I think Taylor Heineke has had better success than Minshew was. You look at the numbers overall, the teams they've played for. At worst, you can say, okay, they're about even. Well, why has Taylor Heineke looked so much worse than Gardner Minshew? Well, I got one. One, one guy's going to be a finalist for coach of the year up in Indianapolis. The other one should be out on his ear. Uh, no really trying to rhyme on that one. Uh, Lauren says their owner is coming back, spending cash. I'm not sure which team you're talking about. You might be talking about the Carolina Panthers on that one. It's only so much cash you can spend. Um, and they've got some guys that they need to take care of in house. Ryan Burns is going to cost a pretty penny for sure. They might franchise him and try and trade him. That might be a way to go. Uh, Todd Monken is someone we talked about. We did a show a couple of weeks ago. It was after the Falcons lost to the Arizona Cardinals. My Monday show was here are the coaches to look for young coaches in case the Falcons make a move. I thought they should have left Arthur Smith in Phoenix uh, after they lost to the Cardinals and promoted Ryan Nielsen to interim head coach and see what they've got, what they had at the time. Um, and, and your red swarm is right. It is Ben Johnson. As soon as I said it, it didn't sound right. Brian Johnson, Eagles offensive coordinator. Those B Johnsons were confused. So thank you. Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator, Detroit Lions, I think will be probably at the top of most lists for coaches openings this year. Um, really like the OC out of Detroit. And we, we highlighted Brian Johnson, actually the, the often, if that's his name, I'm probably screwing this one up. The offensive coordinator at Philadelphia, we did highlight him as a possible guy to keep, um, to, to, to keep an eye on as well. Uh, keeping it real says who would be on your short list of, uh, best available offensive coordinators for teams needing to make a change. I don't know. I don't go that deep on those, uh, keeping it real. Um, where I know the the up and coming quarterback coaches, passing game, you know, to who would you promote from you know a quarterbacks coach or a passing game coordinator 
up to an offensive coordinator. I just, I don't go that deep across the NFL on, on people to look for. You know, you look at that 2016 Atlanta Falcons staff and it had the LaFleur brothers on there who weren't offensive coordinators yet. You had Mike McDaniels who was on that staff, who was a passing game specialist. You're, you're looking for something like that. And when you do that, you start looking at success. You start looking at trees. Okay. Who is one of the young, bright guys in San Francisco? That's somebody to keep an eye on. You know, it's Brian Greasy, but he's, he, I think he's already an offensive coordinator. Um, not positive on that because Shan- Kyle Shannon calls his own plays. For me, he's the offensive coordinator. Who's an up-and-comer for Mike McDaniels? That might be, you start looking at those trees. Um, who has, and you start working your way down, but I don't know the NFL well enough where I can go three deep on on coaching staffs, um, et cetera. Brandon Swank asks, what about the offensive coordinator from the Washington Redskins slash commander slash football team? That's Eric Bieniemy. Um, This was Eric Bieniemy's first year of calling plays. And Washington was kind of up and down. They've had some quarterback problems of their own. I I haven't seen enough from Eric Bieniemy to say, yeah, I think he's ready to make the next step to a head coach. Um. If they make a change, they could make a change with Ron Rivera. I'll be interested to see how – I will be interested to see how interested they are in keeping Eric Bieniemy. I know they, he's he's well thought of, but when uh, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the trees, the Andy Reid tree, as I just mentioned with Kyle Shannon, it made me a little nervous talking about Bieniemy. It's like, okay, this guy – isn't the quarterback coach and he doesn't call plays. I'm I'm not, I don't want him to be the head coach yet. He needed a spot where he could be the offensive coordinator. And he got that. He needed to make that move because by title, it may have been a lateral lateral move for him. It wasn't, it was a promotion. Let's see where he goes from there. They may hold on to him. They may do some things there with him in Washington. Um, I haven't seen enough success out of the out of him in Washington, go. Oh yeah, that's the guy I want. And you know, it's it's John says here. You know, watch Washington there and and see what they do. That might be the way to go. So we moved on from Saturday with two of the top games of the uh, of the weekend: Steelers, Ravens, Texans, Colts, um, Browns, Bengals. Uh, is pretty well straightforward on that when the Browns are in. Uh, and I think they're locked into the five spot no matter what. Uh, the fifth seed, win or lose, um, they will probably play against the AFC South champion, which looks like Jacksonville right now. So there's not really too much to that one. Let's take a look. And, you know, let's can Joe Flacco keep it up? That defense is great. The running game looks good. Vikings, Lions, the Vikings have a minuscule chance of getting in, but not a lot of, not a lot of line on this one. Jacksonville, uh, Tennessee, yes, this one matters. Uh, Jacksonville could find themselves as a AFC South champion, or they could find themselves out of the playoffs. They get in with a Jacksonville win. If they win, they clinch the South. Um, if everybody ties, that's pretty uh, unlikely. If they win, if they if they tie and Pittsburgh loses, they're in. Or if Pittsburgh loses, Denver loses, and Indianapolis does not end up a tie. If there's a winner there, they can get it. Basically, they got to win. They could find themselves as division champion. Hey, this sounds familiar to the NFC South. They can find themselves as a division champion or out of the playoffs. They are pretty well favored in that game. Three and a half. The Titans have, um, they've got, the Jacksonville's got a 70% chance of winning. Jacksonville has really been stumbling down the stretch. They did play pretty well last week. Carolina Panthers at home. Uh, that one was in Jacksonville. They won 26-0. Um, but their schedule got tough. They they ran up a pretty good run of games, beat the Bills, beat the Colts, won in New Orleans, beat the one in Pittsburgh. Um, they got throttled at home by the 49ers. Okay. Um, but then they beat the, te- the Titans and Texans. But then they ran into the AFC North. So you start looking, oh, they lost four in a row. They lost to the Bengals. They lost at Browns. They lost to the Ravens. Well, those those are pretty good teams. Uh, Jacksonville isn't who we thought they were. They're not ready to go. I don't think they're ready to go make a Super Bowl run, but they're a, they're a legitimate playoff team, and they should handle the Titans. We'll see how that goes. They should handle the Titans in that game. 
Uh, want to check the comments again real quick. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Cap comes in. <laughs> Good to see you, Cap. He says, hey, Scott, what's the video you were talking about that you did yesterday with the with the Aints? Um, click on my page and go over to live, and you'll see the the I, I used Taylor Heineke. I didn't have a lot of time to do a thumbnail, but Taylor Heineke's on there. And it says Falcons at Saints preview and Taylor Heineke's a thumb and we did a Saints. And then Wednesday, we talked a lot of Saints and quarterbacks also, uh, Nick and I did. So the last two on my my page um, are, uh, are Saints previews. Let me see. Let's move on. Let's, let's, let's go down, down the line here just a little bit. You got Jets and Patriots. That one ends up being a draft game. Um the Jets go six and eleven, and Patriots could play themselves out of. Let me take a look at old Tankathon here, because I've just kind of, if they're sitting at three, they are a candidate to move up to the number one spot. I think the Patriots would be if they're if they're at three, and the Bears decide to hold on to to hold on to Justin Fields and move on move down. I think the Patriots are the most likely trading option because that gets the Bears good picks. They, the Patriots would have to fend off a lot of good offers to move up. Um, or they could stay if they wanted to and, and get one of the three quarterbacks. But if they really like Caleb Williams or Drake May, they're going to need to move up to number one to do that. Uh, five and 12 might put them out of contention. And then six and 11 doesn't really do the Jets any good. Patriots are better off losing this game, flat out. They are better off losing this game. I think they've been playing better than the Jets, so we'll see. But I've been watching the, the Patriots as a potential trade partner for the Bears if the Bears decide to move down a couple spots, pick up a haul of picks, and then get their wide receiver, you know, their, their franchise wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's something I'm keeping an eye on. The Bears are going to be... The most interesting team in sports over the course of the next three months, um, with their with with what they've uh, their high draft picks, a quarterback in demand that they may or may not keep. The Bears are going to be an awful lot of fun to watch. And if I'm not mistaken, they got a whole bunch of salary cap space too. Bears are in a good spot. Bears are in a good spot. Um, Falcon Saints talked a lot of them this week. Um, the Falcons have been dreadful on the road. And I'm talking number one draft pick type of dreadful on the road. Um, you lose to the Panthers. You lose to the Cardinals. You lose to the Titans. You scrape by a five-loss-in-a-row team, New York Jets, who was at the bottom of their roller coaster season. They've been awful on the road. I think the Saints take care of business here. I just don't think it's going to be enough. And they'll move into the offseason at nine and eight. The Falcons will be at seven and ten. Then we'll start watching and we'll start refreshing for Black Monday. Black Monday's coming next week. We'll see what happens there. Buccaneers, Panthers, we already hit on that. I like the Bucks in that one. Bears and Packers, this one becomes real easy. If the Packers, uh Packers have a couple of different ways to get in. Uh, but you know, if they win, they are in. Let me read through theirs real quick. Real easy. They clinched with a Green Bay win. Um, other ways they can get in. I don't like ties. Or if they lose, plus Seattle loses, plus Tampa loses. That's not real likely. Minnesota loss or ties or ties. So basically, this is a must win for them because you can't count on the other three teams all losing. This one's real easy for them. And the Bears would love nothing more than upsetting the Packers. And, and ending their season. The Bears would love that. Um, don't count it out. I think this is a really, really fun game. Um, at Packers, I will go with the Packers on this one. But keep an eye. Every time Justin Fields is taking the field right now, it's a showcase game for him. When he plays well, the price for Justin Fields just went up. If the price for Justin Fields goes up, price for that number one pick is going to be higher and higher because it will escalate a bidding war because there are so many teams that would love to be in that number one spot with a shot at Drake May or Caleb Williams. So again, the Bears are going to be really, really interesting. Broncos and Raiders, that's... um Broncos are playing for their first winning season and trying to break a seven-game losing streak to the Raiders. Antonio Pierce 
is playing to try and keep the job who has been backed by some of the players that doesn't do doesn't seem to matter it didn't matter in in vegas two years ago um if they were in vegas two years ago they may have been in oakland i can't keep track didn't matter to carolina last year when they finished pretty strong last year with an interim coach seattle we moved down to uh eagles and giants the eagles can win uh if the Cowboys lose to the Commanders. Cowboys aren't losing to the Commanders. Cowboys are going to beat the Commanders and sew up the number two spot in the NFC. Eagles end up going to the playoffs. They're going to beat the Giants. And I have them then playing Tampa as the fifth seed. So they go in as 12 and five and they play Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Your reward for winning the South is here come the Eagles. The Eagles haven't played despite the fact they're going to finish 12 and five. They haven't played that great this year. They're beat a bull, but I think they'd still be a, a five, six point favorite in that one. We will see. Uh, Seahawks and Cardinals. Uh, Seahawks should win this game. Will it be enough? They've got some. Uh, they've got some things to take care of too. Um, let me see their scenarios again, real quick, because they haven't been eliminated. Now I can't find the Seahawks. I didn't think they'd been eliminated. Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, how the Seahawks can clinch a playoff berth. Win plus Green Bay loss, and then ties, ties, ties. So they need some help. If they win and the Bears win, they're in. That one's pretty simple too. Uh, they There's not a lot of, the Cardinals don't have a lot going good for them right now. Um, they did beat the Eagles. <laughs> I say that, and they did beat the Eagles, but frankly, they'd probably rather be at number four than come down. Now they're going to try and win this game. I still like, I still like, I just mentioned the Philly wasn't playing that great. That was a pretty big surprise. How, how does, how do they go four wins and they beat the Cowboys, the Arizona beats the Cowboys and the Eagles. Talk about a, a team that's uh you know, helter skelter on this one, uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, Getting close down here to the nitty-gritty. Almost finished with, with these games. Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, Chiefs have already locked up the West. Uh, Rams and 49ers becomes interesting. The 49ers will be resting players. They've already sewn up the number one. The Rams have already locked up a spot, so they are already in. Um, so that one's seeding. Who cares? Cowboys, Commanders. Uh, Cowboys, uh, they're going to take care of business. They're They're double-digit favorites, and then it comes down to Bill's Dolphins. Pittsburgh wins. This game becomes much more interesting. The Bills can be AFC champs. They could be knocked out of the playoffs altogether. Uh, if they win, really simple. They clinch the AFC East. They can also get in if they tie. If Pittsburgh loses, if Jacksonville loses, they can get in in any of those ways. Uh, Miami's already in. They will clinch the AFC East with a win or a tie. So it becomes really interesting. Buffalo could be out. <laughs> they, it's not that it's not that improbable that Buffalo could be out. If Pittsburgh wins and Miami wins, Buffalo is out. We're talking about one of the hottest teams in football right now, the Buffalo Bills could be knocked out of the playoffs. They've won four in a row, and they haven't just won four in a row. They bludgeoned the Cowboys. They beat the Chiefs. Uh, they won in L.A. against an inspired L.A. team playing under a, a new coach and Giff Smith. Uh, they beat the Patriots, who can be a little bit dangerous with that defense. Uh, and they've won five out of their last six. They lost on the road to the Eagles. Okay. They crushed the Jets in that, you know, that big defense of theirs. They put 30 on them. And they could find themselves out of the playoffs. I don't think it happens. I, I don't think it happens on this one. I actually have Buffalo winning this game. That's my pick. So let me make sure I've got everybody where I had them. I've got Pittsburgh over the Ravens, Colts over Texans, Tampa over Panthers, Browns over Bengals. Uh, I do have the Lions over the Vikings, Patriots over Jets, Saints over Falcons, Jags over Titans, Seahawks over Cardinals, Pack over Bears. That is a tight game. Chiefs over Chargers. Uh, Raiders over Broncos. That one doesn't mean much. Eagles over Giants. Rams over San Francisco. That one doesn't mean a ton. Cowboys over uh, Commanders. And then Bills over Dolphins. If this plays out, 
this way. You've got the first seeds, they're set, and then it's the Bills would host the Colts, the Chiefs would host the Dolphins, the the Jaguars would host the the uh, the Browns, and on the other side in the NFC, the Cowboys would host the Packers, the Lions would host the Rams, and the Buccaneers would host Philly. The two to really watch on that for me, if I have the Bears beat the Packers, Seattle is in, the Packers are out. Bears, Packers, huge game. If the Dolphins beat the Bills, the Dolphins move up to the number one seed and the Bills are out and Pittsburgh slides in as the number seven seed, that's where it becomes really, really interesting. Um, Oblivion Empire, appreciate you coming in with a super. Really helps keep the lights on, keeps my forehead nice and shiny. Um, helps, helps on days like this. Um, when you're going solo, you're like, man... This is going to be a grind. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, Oblivion Empire, he says, who would you want Justin Fields or trade up to the fourth or fifth for Jaden Daniels if you were the Falcons? And and how was your first week of the new year? It's been good. Uh, my birthday is actually in the first week of the new year too, so got to celebrate that, sort of. Nobody really celebrates anything the first week of the new year. Um, but uh, now it's be easy to remember when Nick's child's is because it's the day after my birthday. Um, who would you rather have Justin Fields or trade up? I would probably, oh, it's going to cost three first round draft picks to get into the, to get to Jaden Daniels. If you're not already in the top five, it's going to cost you your number one this year, a number one and uh, next year. And then your 2026 number one, I would probably rather have three number ones for Jaden Daniels right now, honestly, because it's going to cost you your first to uh to get Justin Fields. Uh, just the cost control, the fresh start, you're if you're bringing in a new head coach, um just kind of grow together, reset the clock for everything. I would probably rather do Jaden Daniels if I could get him. It's probably what it's going to cost or a first round for Justin Fields. We'll see. <laughs> I I think I'd probably rather go Jaden Daniels. I, I still have enough questions about Justin Fields accuracy issues. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, he's a hell of a playmaker and he makes this Falcons team a playoff team this year without a doubt in my mind. He's good for at least three more wins against this schedule. It's not a, it's not a big hot take, you know, to say that this, this team could have won 12 games and still not been very good. Still been a team that got beat in the first round. They weren't very good to, to win seven games against this schedule should get somebody fired. Um, should absolutely get somebody fired. It's going to get somebody fired. Who's it going to be? Can Arthur Smith toss Dave Ragone, Taylor Heineke, and Desmond Ritter under the bus, save his job? But who's going to want to come in and be an offensive coordinator under a guy that just lost his job as offensive coordinator? I wouldn't want that job. If I was in position, that was a question that, that Dolph asked, who are some of the up-and-coming guys that you would hire as offensive coordinator? If I am one of those guys, it means I'm in demand. It means I don't have to take a job under Arthur Smith doing the job that he had his duties stripped from. That's a bad, bad situation to be in. If they don't get rid of Arthur Smith and he just is forced to hire an offensive coordinator slash play caller, it's doomed to fail. Rusty asks, how does Arthur Blank sell the fans on Arthur Smith if he comes back? He can't. He can't. So you basically start going to the I don't really care method. I don't care what the fans think. I don't care about the fans. I don't care what Z93, how old am I? 92.9 the game is uh, is saying uh, just ripping me a new one. I don't, I don't care. I think he cares. I really do. I, I think he does care. So I'm not um I'm not going that direction. Uh it, it, he's he's gotta make a change. Um, want to go through some of the, the questions in here and then we'll, we'll move on, uh, call it a, call it a weekend. Um, Sean Edwards says, you know, pits for fields, if they decide to get rid of him, that won't get it done. Uh, Kyle Pitts' stocks low, lower than Justin Fields right now. It would take more than that. Um, I just don't, I don't think you could even, I don't think you could get a first round pick for Kyle Pitts back right now. You can get a first rounder for Justin Fields. Um, 
Roder Cook says, Ravens to win it all. Who's your pick, Scott? I know the Ravens just throttled the 49ers in San Francisco, but I, I kind of like the 49ers right now. Um, I just think they've got, I think they've got more weapons on offense. Now, Lamar Jackson's the X factor. He's so good. But for me, it looks like two teams right now. They, I think they've separated themselves. I'm going 49ers over the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Um, that's the way I would go. Um, let me move down. I want to get a couple of these, a couple more of these questions in here. Um, who would you rather have? G.A. Johnson. He says he'd rather have Justin Fields than spending more on Jaden Daniels. I can listen to that argument. Absolutely. Um, I say all the time, you know, we, I, I, people get banned from pages that I moderate and then in, in, in pages in general, and then they complain. They say, I got banned because I said, uh, I didn't want Justin Fields because he wasn't any good. No, no, you got banned because you were being an a-hole. Uh, come in here and have a discussion like G.A. Johnson says. No, you, you know, Scott, Justin Fields is probably better than, than Jaden Daniels right now. There's no way you'd want to spend more on Jaden Daniels. I'll listen. I'm not 100% sold on any of these predictions. You weigh them either way. You have these arguments in your own mind. I'm torn on this. Absolutely. I could absolutely say Justin Fields. I I, I could agree with that. I but if you ask me one way or the other, I'm going to tell you, and then let's have the discussion. Uh, let's have the discussion for sure. Um, Dirk says, best to, best move is to change coach and hold our spot. Not a good time to spend. But Dirk, you you got to do something at the quarterback position. I mean, the next guy, when they when they change head coaches in Atlanta, you're, you're not going into it with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. You're just not. You can't do that. Um, there was uh, I saw something from from Rio. He says we won't have to give up Pitts to get him just multiple picks. I, I just don't think Pitts is going to be worth a ton um, in a trade. I think the potential for Pitts is worth more to the Falcons than what he would be worth in a trade right now. So his fifth year option is only going to be in the neighborhood of ten million dollars. That's not much. So you've got two years of control on him. Get some change in there. See if you can find more creative ways. Again, Ben Johnson, Sam Laporta, Ben Johnson, Kyle Pitts. Now, they're different players. Kyle Pitts isn't an inline tight end. He's basically a slot receiver. Okay, well, seen some pretty good tight ends play slot receiver a lot. Travis Kelsey plays it a lot. Get Kyle Pitts a full year healthy. You've got him under cost control for two years at cheap because $10 million for a tight end if he's playing at a high level, isn't very, isn't very expensive. It's expensive for a tight end, but he's not expensive for the number four overall draft pick and what you expected him to be. So I don't think Pitts, you're, you're not going to want to include Pitts in a trade because he's not going to be worth very much. You're just going to have to give up, give up some picks. And frankly, the Atlanta Falcons are in a position where they can give up picks. It's like, okay, I've got money to invest on defense other than the quarterback position. My offense is in pretty good shape. I need another wide receiver or two, but I can go and get a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three for relatively cheap, comparatively speaking, compared to an edge that I need to spend $20 million on to go and try and get. So I believe in Empire again coming in. He says, want to say happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, Rio coming in. I think this is with the stars. I appreciate the support. Um and Roderick finishing up here says, if Arthur, if Arthur Blank doesn't fire Arthur Smith, who's the next billionaire owner? Because the fans won't have Arthur Smith back. It'll be, I, I can't even, I can't really even picture what it would be like. Now, the, the apathy, you know, what's worse than anger? Falcons fans are mad right now. What's worse than anger is apathy. That's what kills teams is when they just flat out don't care. If you're bringing Arthur Smith back, you're telling me you don't care what the fans think, what this team is is has been this year, the last two years. That's your message to the fans. If you don't care, why should I as a fan? That is a dangerous, dangerous position to put your franchise in, even in the monopoly that is the NFL, where the value of the franchise is going to keep increasing no matter what you do. It's still a very bad look if they don't make a change. And I I just, 
my my best friend asked me, he says, what do you think right now? I'm like, with a loss, it's, what do, what do you think right now the chances of Arthur Smith being back? I'm like, 10%. They beat the Saints, move that up to about 30%. Got to make a change. I appreciate y'all not changing the channel and coming here and hanging out with me this morning. Again, want to run through my predictions for the playoffs. I've got the Miami Dolphins hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got, um, no, I don't because I changed that. I got the Bills winning that game. <laughs> I've got, I, I changed that. Uh, I've got the Bills beating the Dolphins. I've got the Bills hosting the Colts in the 2-7. I've got the Chiefs hosting the Dolphins in the 3-6. I've got the Jags hosting the Browns in the 4-5. Got the Cowboys hosting the Packers in the 2-7 in the NFC. The Lions hosting the Rams in the 3-6. And the Buccaneers hosting the Eagles in the 4-5. The three key games, obviously there's four big games to watch. Steelers-Ravens, Texans-Colts, Bears-Packers ends up being a really big game. And then Bills-Dolphins. To me, those are the key games to watch that have the most direct influence on the on the playoffs without having to watch other games to see, oh, this team's doing this. What about this team then? Those are the big ones to keep an eye on, and I, most of them are in different time slots, so we'll get a chance to, uh, to watch all of them at once. But I want to say thank you for hanging out with me this morning. We will be back on Monday. We'll be talking some Broncos. We'll be talking some Falcons. We'll be talking some possible coaching changes. And then if anything happens on Monday, we will go live. We will do a gut reaction, an immediate gut reaction. So make sure you're hitting that like, that subscribe button so you get those alerts if we go live, if there's breaking news on Monday afternoon. On that note, we're going to get out of here. I want to say thank you to Oblivion Empire for coming in a couple times with the Super Chat. Russie for coming in the Super Chat. Rio, all y'all for being here. Happy, 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 happ